Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Faith. As an energy healer, psychology, and human behavior specialist, trainer, mentor, writer, speaker, and lifelong student of self-development myself, I am here to support you to manifest your wildest dreams. We make it fun, easy, and predictable on the show with inspiration, motivation, and transformational principles for lifelong change. You can consider me your spiritual guide in your pocket, leading you towards your highest purpose and trusting yourself you are on the right path. I share real conversations with visionary women who are top leaders in their fields after they themselves pivoted and stepped into their higher purpose in life. This show is for the woman who wants it all and more and is ready to step into her infinite power and potential from within. Are you ready? Let's begin. This week, I am so excited to introduce to you Natasha Bazilovich. She is a speaker and public speaking expert. She is the founder and president of Change View Academy, where she trains entrepreneurs and corporate executives to give powerful presentations. She has been teaching presentation skills for 14 years and has taught hundreds of clients from more than 20 countries. Wow. Thanks for being here, Natasha. I'm so, so excited. Hi, Carrie. And where are you tuning in from? So the audience knows. I am in Kiev, Ukraine right now. Ukraine. So how did you become such a great speaker in the English language? (laughs) It's not your native tongue, right? No. Well, it it used to be not my first language. Now it became my first language. Well, Mm. I was born in Russia, actually. And I moved to Ukraine when I was 12. And it is my nationality and it is my, my country, my home country. But I started learning English when I was eight. And then I was very intentional about the language. I wanted to work with this because I wanted to work with the global audience, with people all over the world. I had great ambitions even when I was small and young. And I was very intentional. I made it my first language. I think in this language now. I dream in it. So that's what I say to everybody. You can. If you want to learn another language and you actually want to make it like your first one, then it's totally possible. It's it's reading, watching things in this language and really focusing on it, eliminating um, things in other languages. And then it becomes like, seriously, right now I can't teach. It's so hard for me to teach and train in Russian or Ukrainian. <laughs> I definitely can, but it's harder because I translate from English in my head. Wow. I never knew that about you. And I've known you for the um, past few years. So it just goes to show you, you know, I see a lot of, I've had a lot of clients and people say that they're scared to speak on camera or speak um, in presentations because they're worried about their English skills. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into that a little bit. If there's anyone listening, I know I have listeners from 30 countries and counting how would one like overcome that fear? English isn't my native tongue, but I need to speak in English. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you guys need to understand that 
everybody has an accent. People yes. who are born in America, they have an American accent. People who are born in the North of America, like in New York, they have Bronx accent, New York accent, then there's Southern American accent. Well, people have British accent. And actually I've met many different British people and they also have different accents. Like there's difference mm-hmm. in the Northern British and Southern British and mm-hmm. Wales and Scottish, so many Irish people. So it doesn't really matter if English is not your first language. If you are from a totally different country, Everybody has an accent, so you shouldn't feel bad about that. What's important, especially for when you speak and when you want to share your message, is for people to understand you. That's why you just need to focus on that. Make sure that when you say it, even with an accent, then you pronounce the words correctly. What way? What do I mean correctly? So that when you say it, it doesn't sound like something else with a different meaning. That's why pronunciation is kind of important (laughs) because sometimes we can pronounce the word, for example, there, like we could say sheet or we could say something else if we make it really (laughs) short. (laughs) Good example. Good example. Well, I've heard that. I'm sure. I know I have heard that. And it would mean very different. Like, you know, you can come to to like a hotel manager and say, you know, like you, you need them to change your sheets. But if you pronounce that differently or you need them to bring sheets into your <laughs> into your room and you say it differently than the meaning, then you could really get in trouble. Anyway, the thing is just make sure you pronounce it right. And you can, if you want to become better at English, then there are so many different ways. I mean, if you want, we can dive into that too, but just really don't feel bad because it's totally normal. Everybody has an accent. I say that all the time. I say everyone has an accent. I am originally from San Diego, California, and I worked with the public for like 20 years. And people would always ask me, where are you from? Where's your accent from? They would say, where's your accent from? And I would say San Diego. But I think it's because I picked up on other people's dialects that I would surround myself with. So everyone has an accent. So don't Mm -hmm. Don't be worried about that. I want to ask you about uh, what you did before you became a public speaking expert. Well, that's what I did, actually. I taught English for 20 years. (laughs) Well, you taught English. So it was not just the speaking skills or it was integrated in presentation skills. Yes. Yeah. I taught English because that was my major and I had two, I had two university degrees and an MBA, but the first one was actually teaching English as a second language. So I was a linguist. I was, I did my, my diploma and everything that was about linguistics and the German language also was my research. But when I started teaching it and I got into my, started my business to teach English to the Chinese students, then I failed with that business. And then I pivoted and I got back to teaching presentation skills because like 14 years ago is when I started teaching different business skills. There was creativity, goal setting, and presentation skills was one of them. Habit building and presentation skills was my favorite to teach. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm just going to go, like I am going to pivot and I'm going to take this one that is my favorite. I started teaching it. I saw the demand and I got into it. And it's, it's my passion because, I mean, it has been my passion to teach, to speak for a long time. And only the pandemic and only when I actually understood that, well, hey, people really need this and I have this. And so that's mm-hmm. when I started teaching it even more. Just this, basically, because I taught it before, but I was not focusing on presentation skills. I taught other things. 
as well. So you have made this your lifelong work, but it sounds like recently within the past year or two is when you really just honed in on that one area of expertise, which is presentation. I know you're helping me and are continually helping me with my presentation skills. So my question for you that stood out with what you just said too, is that you failed at something. What did that failure teach you? Mm. (laughs) Well, it taught me that we've got to be flexible because Mm. I was such a control freak. I used to be, I'm saying now I'm a recovering control. I used to just love all planning and it has to be this way and that way. And when I started my business, I had a business plan because I had my investors. Mm. I have a corporation. So I I had people invest in my company and I created this plan. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. Well, I could throw it away in like a year because I basically lost all money when I paid for advertising in China. But that's a totally different cyberspace (laughs) is where Mm. those guys live in. They don't have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, even Google. They use different browsers and websites and apps. Everything is different. And plus not knowing the language was super hard. So I got good partnerships and work and friends in China, but still my online school wouldn't work. So I pivoted. I understood something needed to change. It was painful. It was hard, but I changed the direction and I started focusing on the rest of the world of our Western world and teaching different business skills. And then finally I arrived at just presentation skills. And you've had so much success in such a short time, at least the time that I have known you. So I know that a lot of people start out with a business and most people fail at the first one. You don't have to fail at the first one, but the failure teaches us so many lessons on what not to do. And yeah. it leads us to our higher calling, our higher purpose in life. Absolutely. And this, if I, if I interrupt you for a second. So also what I understood, because you asked me what were the lessons or what you learned? Yes, flexibility, knowing how to pivot. But also if I go back and I think what helped me like you said, succeed or, or really move forward fast was finding a coach mm. and, and niching down. So this is something that we already kind of talked about. It's really, I niched down because I started even after failing in China, I started with, okay, I teach this with my MBA, with my business English students. I've been teaching so many of these different business skills. So I'm going to be doing this just personal development skills, business skills, but still it's too much. I tried habit building courses, um, creativity courses. And it was just still, and then finally, when I niched down, I understood, okay, this is my purpose. This is my mission and my niche. And this is what I really want to do. That's when it all just started rocketing, skyrocketing. That's a really good lesson because people I know are discovering, are looking into doing different things in their business, awakening through 2020 and finding what really truly means to them, right? What's important to them. And then how we can serve that passion that we have inside to the world. And it's finding that fit, but it always, I feel like takes a mentor or a coach to lead us there. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Which I know that you coach your students and um, what advice do you have for your students and the and the audience about how to manage the number one of the top fears of public speaking 
Mm. <laughs> Public speaking is, yeah, you've probably heard some people say number one. I wouldn't say that it's number one. I would say number two, maybe or three in the world, because they say, okay, death is number one. Public mm-hmm. speaking is number two. But a lot of times people just think that they have this fear of public speaking and then they convince themselves that they have it. As soon as they start doing something about it, they will see that it's actually really cool because we all have nervousness, which again, I just would love for everybody to understand that and to remember. We are all nervous. We just need to understand that it's normal to be nervous. And even people who have decades of experience, and I teach this and I've spoken for so long, I still get nervous before mm. the new audience or if that's a new message, a new presentation. It's absolutely fine. It helps us channel the energy and start speaking with enthusiasm and with passion. So it's totally okay. But one thing that helps with the fear of public speaking, any kind of fear is exposure therapy. And that's a psychological term that that's a real thing method that is used for curing actually any kind of fear it's legit it's it's it works and with public speaking it's very easy you start exposing yourself to speaking but very slowly so you don't just go and speak in front of a thousand group of thousand people right away but you have to expose yourself little by little step by step starting with even an empty that's always my tip start an empty Facebook group. Mm. It's just you, but you will be pushing that live button and there's something going on in our head when we want to push that thing that says live. And it's just like, even if it's just you, but still you will overcome the barrier of pushing it and speaking. And then you go to smaller groups, speak in front of a few people, then speak in bigger groups and then go to gatherings in person if that's possible and speak whenever you're in the group of friends especially if this is for introverts. If you are standing with friends and they are sharing their opinion, and maybe as an introvert or quiet person, you don't like to share, even though you have the opinion, but you are thinking, oh, what if I say it? And it's just stupid. They won't really like it. They won't like me. Or And so you hold it back. A lot of people don't say what they wanted to say. And then they come home and they play it in their head and thinking, oh, I should have said that. And I should have said that. And it just goes on and on. Why didn't I say it? So what you've got to do is whenever you're in the group of friends and they are saying what they think about something, and if that's appropriate, you know that your opinion is not going to cause a huge fight, but you just really want to share your opinion and just say that's when you must, especially if you feel you shouldn't, especially if you feel you're scared. That's a sign. Like our favorite Tony Robbins says, when you think you can't, you must Mm. just act, just do it. So you just got in my head there for a while (laughs) as an introvert and someone that thinks about something and overthinks it and then goes to bed and is thinking about it. You know, maybe it's not in speaking, but it's in other areas, but it plays out. If we have that tendency, it plays out in speaking as well and speaking our truth. And because your thoughts are important, like your opinion matters. And this is, I'm speaking to the audience, like holding that back. I know what that does. It causes an, 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 on an energetic level, It causes a lot of blockage in our chakra system, especially the throat. And then you start even having, I'm going down this rabbit hole because a lot of people don't know, but a lot of women have this experience, a lot of neck pain, Mm -hmm. um, even that, you know, shoulder pain. It's sometimes from holding in things that we really want to say, and we're not saying Mm -hmm. them. 
Oh yeah, this is brilliant. Absolutely. And then our health suffers. So you Mm -hmm. were saying very specific things. I always know that if you are not saying it and you're just holding something, then just you will suffer. Even if it's something, not just your opinion, but like with loved ones or in relationships, we should say if we even like we don't like what someone else did and, and we really want to and we kind of hold hold it against them in our heart and our mind and we're like, oh, why did he say that? Why did she? Da, 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 da. Well, just say it and maybe you will actually clarify that they didn't mean to act that way or say that way they could explain it to you just just always whenever you say whenever you speak up whenever you share it always makes it better (laughs) of course with love because sometimes we could just like blot things out just just say for the sake of saying and hurt people of course we should be smart about it not just say whatever you want but yeah don't hold it back because then i know that the health will will really take it And it's important because these are the areas where we can start practicing more with our loved ones, with those that we feel more safe and less judged, perhaps, because I know that fear of judgment is also a big setback for people going on video or speaking in in front of groups, but especially like the live video. Um, like Facebook Live or Instagram Live or YouTube videos. You have a business, you have an idea, but if nobody knows about it, you can't share about it. Um, Exactly. (laughs) You're not going to have a business. So in the sense of how do you get over the fear of judgment or how can we manage that? Well, a fear of judgment is really deep. There would be a Mm -hmm. a judgment, which is definitely connected with rejection, but it really Mm -hmm. gets this fear of being unworthy. And you know how a lot of people have the fear of being not enough Mm -hmm. and of being unworthy. That's why we go deep into that. And we have to start with, with ourselves, with what do we believe about ourselves? Who Mm -hmm. am I? And as soon as I believe that I'm enough, that I'm wonderful, a beautiful creation, and I am loved, and then I start working on my confidence. And as soon as I feel that I'm a confident person, then nothing will shake it. Then when I go out there and I speak and I fail and somebody judges me, then it won't trigger, then it won't upset, then it will just be well, okay, well, those are not my people. They judge me. Well, it's on them. Because now I've gone through that. And I know that there are people who just don't like my energy, for example, or they don't like what I do. What I say something, they wouldn't, it would annoy and irritate them. So for me, it's like, it's on you. <laughs> if, of course, if it's not my intentional way of hurting somebody, which is never, but like if, if I want to honor other people's feelings so definitely i will try to make sure that my energy won't for example i can give you a very specific example if someone's in a sad state something happened in their life and i come to the office or i come somewhere in my happy state and like all jumping and and happy that could hurt their feelings even without wanting because they're just in a different place. And that's why I know I should hold back in this case and really calm down my energy and and everything and get on the wave with them and feel them. So in this case, we should try not to be ourselves completely, but be very, you know, like sensing empathetic to other people. Well, you do that very well. And it comes down to that one self-awareness, I think is 
is that we need to have different tempos and feel the audience, right? And know who we're speaking to, especially on video. The problem with video is that you're looking into an abyss and a little dot and you don't maybe know who you're speaking to um, or you can't feel the energy from that other person. So I think that's a lot of fear too, because like you said, it's um, a exposure therapy. The more yeah. you do it, the better you'll get at it. I know I used to just record videos on my phone um, because I wanted to go live on Facebook, but I felt uncomfortable. So like every day I would just speak my thoughts on video into the phone. And literally for a whole year, I was looked like I was about to get bit by a tiger. <laughs> and now I'm smiling, but I look really terrified in that first like year of putting myself out there. It just takes time and consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Time and consistency. And it's okay. I look at my old videos four years ago when I went live and they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, bad light, wrong positioning. Even when I speak, it's, it's all over the place, even though I do know the structures and everything, but still I, I saw that it's all jumping and not very consistent. But yes, when I started doing it consistently with certain regularity, then they got better and I got more confident and, and much, much more clear about myself and my message. You've got to speak about it to clarify it. So how do you help your clients with really clarifying their message too? Well, that's very individual for everybody because mm -hmm. for some people, clarity, is, that's the clarity of their message. So they need to know what is that, that takeaway that they want to give to their people, what, is, what they really want to serve their people, their audience with. And they need to really clarify that one specific message. It's like their signature talk. It's this, this one statement that they want to help people with. And then it goes back to who's their ideal client, what kind of problem they're solving for them. And it really, like there is work with that. But then sometimes clarity or lack of clarity comes when people don't know the structure or they don't use the right structure in their speech. And then all we do is we just work with their specific speeches or their, even just in general, all their speeches, when they pick one structure and they use it for different, or they learn different kinds of structures and they use them for their different lives or their speeches, their presentations. So it's this. Then I could even say the third lack of clarity or the third kind of lack of clarity is when people need to make sure their voice, their pronunciation, articulation, and everything is clear because we need to use vocal variety. We need to use expressions and even body language. Our voice should help with clarity because people could just ramble and speak too slow, too fast, or not pronounce things right. Then it will not be clear. So clarity is a huge thing, but again, it will be individual for different people. And you would have to, I understand, I help my clients understand also what they need to help with when it comes to clarity. Yeah, I know I've talked with you a few times and I think that's my area of greatest opportunity is that clarity piece because with clarity comes power and without the, the clarity, we're lacking the power in ourselves and the power to make an impact and create that ripple effect with our message because it is important, but if it doesn't come across right, mm -hmm. it's like you're hiding, you're still hiding, right? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's always, it always come back to the person being clear in themselves. Mm, so yes. before we speak, we need to be super clear what we want to deliver. What is that takeaway? What is that? And I always say one, just choose one big idea, one takeaway, one message and focus on that. Because a lot of times people love talking, even some introverts, they still like to talk, but when they start, they don't start with the end in mind. They don't really know where they're taking their audience. They just talk because they had this one idea and they start rambling and rambling, going on a tangent, and then they are lost. And of course the audience is lost. That's why it's very, very important for us to be clear at the very beginning to prepare, at least even in our head, what do we want to say? And then go and speak and always keep in mind this one, one, one message. One message. And what's your message to the world? That Mm -hmm. one message, like, what do you want to be remembered for, Natasha, after your existence here? (laughs) You know what? And that's very interesting. My message is changing, is evolving. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what I've been saying all along. And then something that I just not that long ago, I arrived at. And that's why when I say one message, it doesn't mean that your message will forever be the same. But whenever you are preparing a speech, today you're going live and your one message is this. The intention. The intention, yes. This one one takeaway. Then you are doing a presentation and your one message, main big message. It could be an hour of presentation or four hours. And you are teaching a lot of things, but one big message is this, is that, da-da-da. And so, but like you, you asked the perfect question. But as entrepreneurs or as me as a speaker, and I would say entrepreneurs who work with people, we do have that message. And sometimes people need to find it. They need to understand it. And for me, a lot of times I was saying, that's what I say on my podcast is I say to people, this is my message. You have a message (laughs) and you've got to go out there and speak about it. You've got to speak about your business, your services, so that people know it, so that you share it with the world and the world becomes better. So you've got to share your message. So that used to be my message now because it's evolving. I'm learning also and I'm seeing a lot of things. I'm doing a research and I arrived at something new, something interesting. And this is going to be my book and my TED talk. And my message is that we all have different, unique type of energy. Because a lot of people are saying to me, oh, you have this amazing energy. Yeah, I am an energetic person, but it doesn't mean that you don't have amazing energy. Like you mm-hmm. carry, we have totally different types of energy. Mm-hmm. You are more calm and quiet and powerful. And this, this is such a beautiful energy. Like you are not so crazy as me, but your energy is so strong and powerful. And I wish more people would embrace the way you embraced your energy. Mm-hmm. I wish more introverts like you would embrace it harness it and know how to use it how to speak with it and Mm. that's what my message is you have amazing unique energy learn how to harness it how to use it how to speak with it so that your message becomes unique and powerful so that you take your business to the next level or you change this world for better like there are so many also different ways wow you just precursed what I was going to ask you about energy. And then you said that was your, your message is about that we all have this unique energy. How do we harness it? Because I am an introvert. I feel like you and I could be like the yin and yang because (laughs) I am introverted and quiet. Yeah. I've learned to, to use my voice and I'm still learning how to 
use my energy, but um, it's possible for anyone, like you said. So could you give me an example maybe on how you would coach me or maybe coach a specific like energy type or what you've seen? Because I'd like to see that in action or example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, About energy, right? Yes, about energy. Well, first is we need to understand our energy. So, mm. so what is it? Define it. What type of energy you have? And you are very clear about that. I think you already know what type you have. A lot of people don't know. And that's why it's really important for, for them to even see different energies. And what mm. I advise is watch different speakers. Mm-hmm. At least take the ones who you know very well and try to define their energy and see who you resonate with and who speaks like you. So we start with really defining and understanding. But of course, you have to understand No, that comes first self awareness, I would assume that people are self aware, and they know their personality, they know who they are as a person, and then they define themselves as a speaker. Mm. So with my students with my clients, I also work a lot on knowing who they are first, and then defining their speaker persona. So that usually comes together like this self-awareness part. So as soon as you define and understand what is that energy, is that super energetic and excited? Is it soothing and calm? Is it like really animated? Like what are those energies? Is it such a, like with like every word falls down as this heavy, powerful statement. So some people are not that calm. They're like in between of calm and and then super energetic. So that's why like really defining and understanding what that is, but then developing it comes down to working on voice. Hmm. That's when you already, you know, very well, very clear. Okay. This is my energy. And if, for example, it's, it's calm, energy. It's just this very powerful, calm one. Then you work on using it in such a way that your vocal variety, your voice expresses, um, not expresses, but uh, emphasizes the right Mm. words, the right things in the sentence Mm. so that your message comes out very powerful. Because people who already harnessed it, they embraced it, they know, if you listen to some speakers, they, I would say Pat Quinn has that Mm -hmm. kind of energy. I would say not Pete Vargas. Pete Vargas is is a crazy one, just like Russell Brunson, just like me and Dee and Russell Brunson. But Pat Quinn would have that. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would have to think a bit more of um, Martin Luther King definitely has that, that kind of energy. It's when you, but they know so well what to emphasize, what to mm-hmm. express, where to enunciate and where to go faster, where to go slower. So you really need to work on vocal variety, on voice expression, on uh, tonality. Mm-hmm. Then of course, body language, it's, it's a part of it too. It's, it's presence. It's when you, you work on how to show the energy through your body, through your face and through your eyes. And like you play, you tell your story using your body language. You tell your story using your gestures and your face, and then your energy comes out in such a powerful way. Yeah. Wow. And- it's, it's an art. I mean, this is, is really, there's a science and an art to it. And not to overcomplicate it, because I know there's time and place for that, like formal presentation. And then there's also time and place for that informal conversation and communication. So you hit both of them that they're both important and they both integrate you to be a better public speaker, correct? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you've got to use your energy whenever 
and know your energy wherever you are speaking, whether that's talking mm. to your friends or definitely giving the presentation. And you need to know, the, the, you probably have seen me talk about three Ds. So it's define, develop, and distribute. So you've got to know how to distribute your energy and not really first use it very well, but then totally lose it by the end of any kind of talk. And then you really lose the power because the end, the, the way you finish, mm. you close, whether that's a formal or informal, it really is something that people will remember. That's true, because people remember the beginning and the end. They don't remember the middle so much. Oh, so wow. that's a great tip to keep the power and the presence and the energy throughout the whole talk or presentation. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for your TED Talk and your book in the future. Is there any disclosure on that? Or what does the next year or two years look like for you, Natasha? What's your vision? Well, that's exactly what it looks like is I'm going to work more and finish my book and I'm going to give my TED talk. I'm working very specifically on that and to really use this, not use, I would say, but leverage and develop this passion of mine and help even more and more and more people to develop theirs and to, to, to find their voice, their energy, and to use it, to speak with it. That's, I'm super, super excited about that. Yeah, there's so much. Like I could never imagine you know, things that happened this year mm-hmm. at the World Summit and, and everything, everything that happened, I could never predict. But I knew that it would be a special year. I know that a lot of amazing things are still ahead for me and for everybody else. You've got to be open to that. Well, you're making such an impact. I mean, even if you can develop one person, that ripple effect will change the world. And you're already doing that. So what type of people and and corporations do you work with so the listeners can get a hold of you and where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, I work a lot with entrepreneurs and I work with corporate executives mm-hmm. when I teach presentation skills, but people can find me on Facebook. I hang out there the most, but I'm also on Instagram and on LinkedIn big time. And I have my website, which is natashabazalevich.com and uh, all the links and everything is there too. Yes, I, I will add all the, the links in the show notes. Everyone needs to find Natasha. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Mantras for manifesting. If you know anything about me, you know I love the concept of manifestation. That's why I've created a guide for you called Mantras for Manifesting. What are mantras and why are they so important? Mantras are a collection of words that have energy to help you create a new reality. And why is it so important? Because words have energy and it depends on the right syntax or order that you put them in that's either going to help you amplify your dreams and your visions or detract you from creating the best life possible, your vision and your dream and making it reality. I would love to extend this gift to you. Click the link in my show notes where it says free gifts, mantras for manifesting, and you will also receive 
the five steps to manifesting flow so you can be in a state of peace, ease, grace, and flow every day of the week when you put this into practice. I cannot wait to hear the success stories coming through when you put your mantras into a movement behind your passion Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.